along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are talking about how to search for a deal for an existing property. So how do you find the right deal and get a good price on it? And today, we are once again joined by a friend of the show, Elsa Wolf from Opus Accelerate. Elsa, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Now, remind us, to get a deal, what sort of properties do we need to be looking out for? Well, we want to spot the opportunity, first of all, so understand what it is we're looking for. And always that begins with knowing exactly what criteria you're after, which is perfect at this time of year when you're looking to add value. If you're amongst other buyers in a competitive market where they don't know how to spot that opportunity, that's the first thing. Specifically at this time of year, around Christmas, New Year, it's a fairly well-known convention that if you're selling in this market, you're basically quite motivated. So there are a number of signs that you can look for. Tell you what, you can tell Elsa's been with us for a while now. She rattled that off in no time. (laughs) So Elsa, what are some telltale signs that a seller might be willing to negotiate or maybe a bit desperate? Yeah, so one of the things you can look out for, it's probably one of the most obvious, is when you're first scrolling the listings for those properties that suit your criteria, you're looking at the headlines and the commentary from the agent or the private seller as to what they really try to lead the sale with. So sometimes they use words like motivated vendor, vendor has committed to their next stage in life, these sorts of messages, which really gives you a hint that they want to close a deal, especially at this time of year. Chances are they want to close one chapter and start the next year with a new new phase. And one thing that I think would be great to look out for at the moment, because we're having undoubtedly a big change in the market right now. And the last time we had a change like this, what you'd find is people would get caught with what are called bridge loans. They might have signed up to purchase a new property for themselves and it's subject to the sale of theirs, or they might have had a bridge loan approved from the bank to tide them over. Now, bridge loans are a little bit different now to what they were in the good old days, but you still are likely to want to sell your old property because otherwise you carry a huge amount of debt and that panic of a changing market will make people take a lot less than what they otherwise would have. Yeah, that's right. And also what it can take is one contract to fall over and then small changes in a situation like that with the campaign that actually cause the vendor to lose, lose faith. confidence yeah, yeah, at this time of year. And they run out of time. So say mm. say they get a really good offer, the right price, but it's subject to finance or something like that. And then they give a couple of extensions and then it falls over. Mm. Now they're panicked because it's right before Christmas and the market's changing. Yeah. Elsa, what are some of the other signs that people can be looking out for, especially when they're scrolling through on trademealrealestate.co.nz? Well, for the astute buyers, they might notice that if they have their notifications set up on TradeMe, if you have a specific property on your watch list and the method of sale has changed or listed for a price value has changed, that's definitely a hint that either a contract has fallen over, the vendor hasn't been able to... Sell um, an auction or something. Yeah, exactly. So there's a change in circumstance, definitely worth inquiring. And therefore, I think it's as a first step, even if you find you know there are some attractive properties that don't quite fit your criteria, sometimes it's good to keep those fringy ones still in your watch list for the fact that you might catch some opportunities on either the higher or lower end. Another one that I've seen in the past is a change in agents. So they get dissatisfied with the results of maybe be a cheaper agent and then they change to you know a Harcourt or something like that who are maybe more expensive and then maybe this person is unrealistic on price and then you can go in there mm. and then the new agent might say hey look you are being unrealistic so you need to accept this offer it's the best you're going to get. Yeah there's another really good 
trick for the value-add investors who have access to Property Guru. And this is a really good trick that our, our new Opus Accelerate coach, Danny picked up when she was looking for her latest purchase, which is if you've got access to Property Guru or one of those login subscription products, you can log into the property that you're looking to purchase or potentially put an offer on. Check out what the situation is with that buyer. If you can click onto the vendor's link and find out if they've committed to another purchase. So say, for example, they're upgrading their house. In her example, she found that the vendor had purchased a very expensive property in Oriwa. Just so recently? She, yeah. So that sale would have had to have gone through to actually be able to tell that. Is that right? Yeah. So basically they had a massively larger mortgage, if you make some basic yeah, assumptions, yeah. they're scaling up next stage of life. They basically want the sale to happen. So right. she was able to go in on the assumption of that scenario, yes. lowball an offer, and they didn't even count it. She got the deal. It is amazing how much info you'll get out from an agent just from being friendly and talking to mm. them. That wouldn't come naturally to you, Ed, but... It's because I don't need to be friendly. I just just need the data from the property guru. Now, one other thing that you've told me in the past, Ilsa, as well, is that you look out for a faded for sale sign as you're mm. driving around oh, the one. rough streets mm. of Hamilton East. <laughs> <laughs> the rough streets of Hamilton East. <laughs> I love Hamilton yeah. East, by the way, for anybody listening, but... <laughs> It's all but rough. Uh, yeah, exactly. So if listeners have heard to our Ohelpo Road case study in the past, my home and income conversion, one of the telltale signs I came across with that one was that it was on one of the main roads coming into Hamilton, but the for sale sign was very sun faded, which yes. was very odd. I think tens of thousands of cars going past every day, called up the agent, found out there hadn't been a single offer on paper. Well, what's going on here? So some very obvious signs like that will make you think, well, what's going on? And there just seems to be a small pocket of listings where there's nothing particularly wrong with them, but there's something that's gone on, like either they've been mismarketed or a deal's fallen through or something's happened. And after a certain period of time on the market, because things have been moving so quickly, some listings just seem to sort of get tainted for no particular yes. reason. But you know, if they've been on there for sort of 35, 40 days plus, if you come to that listing, you just naturally start to think, well, how come that one hasn't sold? And then it's self-fulfilling. You wonder what someone else has found out that you don't know so far. Exactly. But that's often a perfect opportunity if you're looking to add value. And does that show you that potentially you've got a green agent there? I mean, somebody who's a bit less experienced, if they haven't even bothered to update the sign as it started to get faded or that, hey, they've mismarketed well, this property. I don't, know, I don't know that many agents would shell out another couple of hundred dollars for a new sign. You wouldn't think so. Uh, They'd give it a really I, good go. I never even considered that. Well, what about, doesn't that just show you that the agent's kind of given up on it if they're not absolutely looking at it and then maybe they're just wanting to get a deal yeah. across? If anything, what I take from that is that either the vendor or the agent have fatigue and that would be the next step I would check once we get onto site and kind of delve a bit deeper. But for sure, if you see a faded for sale sign or an aged listing, that would really prime me to think there's probably a better opportunity here. And what about agent versus private seller? If it's a private seller who's trying to cut down on the agent's fee, does that suggest that you've got any more negotiating room or any ability to find that deal in your view? No, I can't say that. Actually, what I find is private sellers, if anything, are probably a little more stick to their guns on the expectations. Yes. And they're also trying to save a dollar. And, uh, and often, often, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 in my experience as well, they'll be fixed in their mind, mm -hmm. even if an agent's told them that's not where the market is. Yeah. So if anything, they can be a bit more stubborn. Yeah. If anything, there's some good strategies for on-site, which we can talk about yes. for how you can overcome those sort of situations. But definitely private sellers, they think you know they've got the best four-bedroom, two-bathroom property or they've got the best property in the market and That's they right. expect their dollar is where they see the dollar. Yeah.
So Elsa, help me out. I'm now driving along. I'm in Hamilton East. I'm in my car. And oh, what's that? It's a faded real estate for sale sign. Knock, knock, knock. Call up the agent. I'm now heading around to the house. How should I act when the agent's there? When you say, you yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you knocking on this poor person's door at this stage or what are you doing? You never know. I'm hunting <laughs> yeah, for a deal. That's true. But I'm doing, my, I'm doing my viewing of the property. How should I act in order to try and get the best deal? Yeah, so basically the biggest opportunity that I found I'm seeing more commonly is with a government mandate for intensification for new builds at the moment. It's perfect because the land value is often not fully understood by either the vendor or the agent. Yes. And so while the first goal for my clients is that I want them to understand when they see a site physically, first of all, you get a, a ton more value than actually seeing it online because of the clever camera angles and things. Yes. But once you get to site, you can truly see, okay, physically, what's the cash flow hack opportunity? What can I do to add value? But secondly is really your main duty on site is to ask probing questions of the agent or the vendor. Try and understand how they believe the value sits in that property. And often with the land, they don't know the ins and outs of the new planning rules. And I'm really seeing here that, for example, you might get a site where previously, say, for example, in Hamilton, where they have the duplex subdivision rules, a property could be in a really prime location, like in Hamilton East. It may fall short of the 800 square metre subdivision threshold. But under the duplex rules, it actually could be a 700 square metre site. It can easily be subdivided as long as the buildings are in the right layout to actually be subdivided and split into two separate freehold titles. But if the vendor doesn't know that and the agent doesn't know that, they have a certain value that they perceive the property yes. to be. But actually, if you can spot that and renovate, you can get a huge cash flow uplift as huge as, a, as well as a huge equity uplift. Right. And how do you start negotiating offers, Elsa? Well, the first thing that I do is actually while we're on site, and I think one of the key aspects to being able to successfully negotiate a deal is if you can bring the right specialist to site mm -hmm. and start to ask those probing questions. Bring so you do this in a second visit? Yeah, probably on a follow-up visit. Yeah. So we're the agents with an earshot of, you know, we can have the builder there. So for example, last week up in Fongaday, we had 13 renovation scopes to quickly catch up on after the lockdown and, you know, we were able to get out of Auckland. So we had 13 renovation sites. So we had the builder, the electrician, our property manager. We completely scoped 13 different renovations as well as checked out some prospective purchases. And with having the agent with an earshot, we could have those specialists. So you'd on say the things like, oh, that old thing. Yeah. Oh, the piles. You know, yeah. someone's excavated too far around these piles. This house is likely to fall over. Right. In future, the council. Oh, the asbestos. <laughs> The council's looking to widen this road if we already have concerns around the piles. Yes. Hey, these trusses are sagging. We've now got roof integrity and foundation integrity questions. The agent is going to start preconditioning the vendor to think So this is before you've even made an offer? Can be before the offer yes, or while sometimes. on due diligence. Yep, yep. Yeah, on due diligence. So on that actual example, we've since that visit managed to bring the vendor down by 20000 by having the agent here that actually this property is not quite as perfect as the vendor thinks. Right. And now we're trying to get down to 40. And of course, count. of course, they have to disclose that to any future buyers as well, any of those yeah. defaults that you find, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. By having the team on site, it actually fast tracks the negotiation process as a first step. Yeah. And the next thing that I want to know, Elsa, is how many frogs do I have to kiss to get the princess? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that. Yeah, I you like that. <laughs> How many bad open homes do I have to go to or do you go to until you find, oh, this is the magic deal? Well, this is the crux of the strategy. For when you're looking to value add, it's knowing to where to start. 
So starting with your purchasing criteria, and this is what I come across every day with new clients who come to me and say, oh, I've been looking for properties for two years, three years. I've found this property over here. Here's a different one I've looked at, but I've never quite pulled the trigger and purchased a property. And what is always at the core of that is the fact that they start without knowing exactly what they're looking for. And so it's much easier to hone in on exactly what you're looking for when you can pre-qualify each site to a very small set of purchase criteria. So what I find is a buyer could be looking at tens or twenties of properties and then still never commit because they're not sure how it fits into a framework at all. But by having the right knowledge, experience and the right team, I've actually found that on average clients that we work with, within three or four weeks, they're basically buying. So if you can narrow it down to a very specific set of filters and criteria, you could easily have mostly qualified properties within that well within three four five properties in some instances the first the first one you know if you if you're really focused on what you're looking for you get to site you can validate the cash flow hack and if you can see that hey there's also some future land development opportunity you can just move ahead the challenge is when you don't have those buying rules and you go and look at everything and that's when people look at 20 open homes a week and, and never buy anything yeah Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to know what Elsa is up to in her renovations journey, then follow her on Instagram at NZ. And if you want more info about starting your 2022 off right in property investment and are thinking, oh... I wonder what it's like working with Elsa. Head across to opus.co.nz slash accelerate. We'll just link that in the show notes as well. So tap or swipe over the cover art. There'll be a link in there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.